to the NFL. What up, Dynasty players in the house? It's Dynasty War Games, and I'm your host, Jesse Schneeman. I am coming to you, K-Solo, Han Solo, Solo Cup. Once again, it's just me today, and I am going to be going over running back breakouts. Year two running back breakouts. So, Jess, what, what did we say a running back breakout was? Actually, last week we said wide receiver breakout was anything in the top 24 as a finish. Right. Okay. So we're going to go overall. We're not really going points per game, but as we go along, there are some players that may be running back twos in a points per game basis, but we expect to lose some time. All right. So um, I don't have a no shit news of the week. I think I'm going to kill that. So I just kind of wanted to go over that real quick. Um, Mike and Chad are still out with family. Um, they may be back this weekend. Um, I'm going to do, I'm going to Florida. Um, East Coast of Florida, never been. Uh, Neptune Beach, we're going to check it out. Got some friends down there. Um, so I'm doing my pod early. Um, podcast partners may do theirs this weekend. Either way, we'll be back at you next week, full force. All right. So as I said, we're going to do year two running back breakouts. So what are the chances that the guys that were drafted last year are going to become running back twos this year? All right, let's go through it. Uh, I've done these in rough order of basically who I'd rather have on my team. So uh, it's not set in stone, but like I said, a rough order. All right, so Brees Hall is first. I gave him a score of an 80. All right, so it's a B. He's passing. He's, he's got a B grade, but we are obviously dealing with an injury with Brees uh, before the injury. We saw lightning, right? Lightning talent. The guy was uh, amazing as a pass catcher and a runner. Um, just really looked like he was going to take over that uh, that offense, really be the lead in that offense. Uh, and then he got hurt, and obviously the ACL took him out for the year. Uh, really, it's the injury that that's holding holding me back from giving him an A. You know, if if it were a points per game basis, I'd probably make him a ninety. You know, make him a uh, a low A, obviously it's an upgraded offense. We went over this last week with our, everyone knows Aaron Rodgers is there. Everyone knows that that's a huge upgrade over, um, you know, the MILF slayer, uh, Zach Wilson. So what are the other holdups? Well, there's competition. There's a little competition in-house, not a lot, with Bam Knight and, and uh, Michael Carter. But they just are signaling that they don't – either they think he's not healthy or they think that they just need more. But a um, lot of smoke around Dalvin. So if Dalvin goes there, that's going to really, really hurt Brees' chances, at least this year. Um, I don't know how uh, how long a term a contract he would get. Uh, I'm assuming that they just want some help this year and it'll be one one year and it's not going to kill Brees' Hall value, Brees Hall's value um, long term. But, yeah, it's definitely a concern. And if it's not Dalvin, do they bring in Zeke or Fournette or Kareem Hunt? I don't know if these guys are washed, aren't washed. That's up to the Jets to decide. But it does seem like they want to bring somebody in. All right, so let's move on to Ken Walker. He's number two on the list, uh, Ken Walker three. I've given him a 90. He, he is an A. Uh, obviously, there's an issue with competition there. Uh, they drafted Sharp in the second round. They drafted Ken Walker higher in the second round the year before. 
and he's already shown that he's he's an NFL ready running back. He he's already broken out, right? So I believe he was a running back too. Yeah, he was a running back too all all day last year, right? So um, the issue is that yes, he is going to get he is going to have competition. That's what's keeping him from being an A plus. But this is a boat of an offense, man. I expect it to be a top three offense in the NFL in the NFC at least. Uh, you know. They rotate their backs. They always have. Their, their backs get a lot of run. Um, and I just, I really believe that Ken Walker's got enough juice to survive Sharp and, and be at least a, a running back to this year. Uh, obviously, he didn't have the competition last year that he that he has this year. And he was an RB2. He was uh, 18 in PPR and 15 in standard. So I, I just, I don't see an issue with with a rookie taking snaps from him, at least right away, taking too many snaps for him from him to be productive. Look for Kenneth Walker to be a breakout running back to in year two. All right, number three is Damian Pearson. He's actually got a higher score than Ken Walker, even though I'd rather have Ken Walker. So Damian Pearson is a 94. Uh, almost broke out last year. Once he got the job, he did in points per game basis. Once he had the starting job, he absolutely was an RB2, but overall, he was an RB, he was in the RB28. I think that was standard and PPR. Uh, he is definitely their lead back this year. He took that job last year, showed he was very hard to bring down, looked like Kareem Hunt to me. Um, a little, little bigger, you know, a little more powerful, little, little less speed and agility, but overall, like kind of a big Kareem Hunt. Um, yeah, the, the competition is Devin Singletary, don't scare me, right? It's an up-and-coming offense, definite QB upgrade. Whatever you think about what's going on in offense, or sorry, what's going on on offense in Houston, there are a couple things that are true, and then that and that's that they spent a lot of draft capital on their Q, quarterback of the future, a guy that was really successful, has a great pedigree in C.J. Stroud. I think it's kind of a no-brainer that he's going to be better than Davis Mills right away, right? So I, I looked at I look at that as a QB upgrade, even if uh, Stroud takes some time. I, I really do believe in the talent there. And then they're implementing the Niners scheme. I think Pierce is a good fit for that scheme. And it's just, it, it's shown over and over that, that 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 scheme is great for running backs. So 94 for Pierce, I expect him to be an RB2 all day long next year. Um, a guy that I've been... Uh, Targeting in the offseason, some guy that you can get cheap. You, you really don't have to give up a first to get Pierce. We'll go over some of my uh, Pierce pickups on a, on a later episode. But I just want to just reiterate that this is a running back that this year they are committed to, and he is going to be their lead back. Uh, I, I just I think he's got a potential to actually be an RB1. Might sneak into the back end there. I don't know how many passes he's going to catch, so that might limit him a little bit. But he's an RB2 all day long. All right, folks, three running backs down. Who do you think we got fourth but Rashad White? Very polarizing player. Um, I've given him an 86. I like his chances to break out. Um, he's, again, a lead back, right? And an offense that could be good. I don't think that we think that – Tampa Bay is going to lose the greatest quarterback of all time and then be better, right? That's not going to happen. Their offensive line was in shambles last year. Lots and lots of injuries. We're hoping for a healthier offensive line. Um, 
I guess we're hoping for early career Baker or maybe what we saw late in the year with the Rams. Uh, I don't know. At least he's got a full offseason with the team. I don't think he's got going to have a problem holding off Kyle Trask. So it does look like the offense may, in fact, be functional. And if that's the case, if they've if they've gotten their offensive line issues squared away, Rashad White's probably going to be a, a big part of that offense, uh, target-wise and running back-wise. Uh, I really like to see them commit to him. It seems like they already have. That there's there's not a lot behind him. They haven't brought anybody in. They could bring somebody in. It could always happen. So if he's the only guy there and isn't performing. Don't look for him to be the only guy there for long. I do think he's a good enough back, though. Good, Like I said, good, not great talent. Um, good enough in what could be sort of a tank year for Tampa Bay to actually, you know, actually be able to run Rashad White out, you know, with a straight face every week. We'll see. I mean, it, it could actually be a crappy offense. But, all right, think about this. If the offensive line is bad and Baker or Trask are running for their lives – Running backs get a lot of dump offs in those situations. So uh, he could have like a really good PPR year. Uh, I think a, a top 24 finish for Rashad White is likely. That's why I give him a, a middle B. All right, moving on to Isaiah Pacheco. He's the guy that I've got fifth. And I've given him an 88, a little bit higher than Rashad White. And really that's Chiefs juice. Right, he's he's in the Chiefs' offense, one of the best offenses in the NFL. He showed a lot of speed and power last year. He's a good back. He's going to have the early down roll. I don't think they're going to give the ball to McKinnon. I think Ceh is pretty much toasted. So if teams are playing a lot of two high safeties on them again, busting Isaiah Pacheco on their ass is a good way to um, get them out of that zone and be able to throw deep, which is what we all know they really want to do. So. Uh, throwing to McKinnon is also, you know, dump off passes to running backs uh, against the two deep zone is is also effective. Um, I, I just do like Pacheco in an early down roll. An 88 is a high B. Is There's a good percentage chance that he finishes in the top 24 with that role if he stays healthy. That, I mean, that, that's a caveat for all of these guys' health. So I, I don't think there's any specific issue with Pacheco with health, so that's that's also kind of a plus on his side. Um, yeah, I got to tell you guys, I, it, it's really pretty simple with him. Early down roll on an elite offense, he's shown the traits to be able to excel in that role. Um, yeah, Pacheco, look for Pacheco to be a top 24 running back this year. Could get replaced, though. So, yeah, I mean... This is another guy that's, that's very attainable. I traded James uh, James Conner for him. So I also traded, I think, uh, Gabe Davis for him. It, it's a pretty low cost, like low investment, high reward type of player. Jarek McKinnon's old. If he gets hurt, Pacheco could take on a higher, a bigger role. I like I said, don't spend too much on him though, because he absolutely could get replaced by next year. All right. That is five running backs down. Moving on to James Cook. James Cook's obviously in an in an elite offense, the Bills offense. Uh we saw some really nice flashes from him last year with the receiving ability. I gave him a 78. 
uh, because he's kind of mostly a pass catcher, right? So he's going to have to have a lot of targets and receptions. Um, and he's going to have to do a lot with them to get up to that point. So, you know, this is a high C. I think the likelihood is we're starting to drop, you know, into the, you know, like, look at 78, 78%, you know, I don't think that this it's a it's a high likelihood, but a good likelihood. I don't know what what the difference between those two words are. But he really what he needs to do is step up and claim the pass catching running back role and insert himself as the number two or three um, target in that offense. You, you have Kincaid to deal with, and you also have Shakir and Gabe Davis as deep threats to contend with. But there's not a lot more underneath, right, to deal with. I don't think Damian Harris is going to be looked at as a pass catcher. He's going to be more of a pounder. So if James Cook can shore up his pass blocking and uh, you know maybe put on a couple pounds and, re- and really claim that number two or three target ro- uh, role in that offense, then that chance of him being a number twenty or a top twenty-four uh, number two running back really goes up. That's James Cook. It, it's very iffy. The Bills like him. It, it, it's really hard to say at this point. Yeah, James Cook's got a, a good chance of breaking it this year. All right, so Brian Robinson is next. We went over some issues with the Washington offense last year, last week. Uh, we have Ron Rivera is the biggest issue. And then Eric Bieniemy is the second biggest issue. We know nothing about him as a play caller. We don't know if he's going to be able to really breathe any life into this offense. If Ron Rivera is going to put his stamp on it still and make it, you know, more of a run heavy team. I think that might actually not be a bad idea. If you have Sam Howell as your starter, he's also got Gibby to contend with. I don't think I've never thought Gibby was much of a talent. I don't really think that he's a huge competition for at least the early down work. Uh, we didn't see Brian Robinson get a lot of receiving work. I don't know if that's in the cards. I know he can do it. He's just not a real, really dynamic after the catch. Obviously, one of the other biggest issues with Brian Robinson is his recovery, right, from the gunshot last year. If we can see him recover and maybe regain some of the bursts that he had in college, I guess this you know his chances could go up. Like I said, I've been seventy two. I don't, I don't, I don't really see more of a low C chance for him. Uh, yeah, Brian Robinson. Don't really give up much for him. So yeah, and I, I actually don't even know that he's worth the second rounder that you spent mid second rounder that you spent on him last year. He's losing value. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I'd buy him. All right. Next is Tyler Algier. Man, do I love some Algiers. Just a, a sturdy little back, quietest rookie thousand yard season you'll ever hear or see. But obviously, the big issue be John Robinson. So that bumps Algier all the way down to a 67. He's a D in his chances to uh, break out this year. You know, there are a lot of positives. It's the Falcons offense, so they have a good offensive line. Arthur Smith is committed to the run. We all know that. I think it's going to be a good offense. They've got good weapons around him. I mean, the issue is that he's stuck behind what could be an all-time great running back. 
obviously someone they're committed to with the pick that they spent on. He's also got a little bit of Corderell Patterson to contend with. I don't, I'm not sure if they're really going to give him carries this year. Uh, he may be a cut candidate. I don't know. But Tyler Algier being a backup to B. John, low likelihood he finishes the top 24 back, but still a good young back that I like having on my roster. More of a hold. I don't think you can really get much for him. I also don't think that um, I would really give up much for him either. But if he's on my roster, kind of like having a little Tyler Algiers. Um, running backs get hurt a lot. He's an injury away guy, and it's a great situation to step into. You know, I'm gonna bite my tongue. God forbid something were happen were to happen to our you know our good dear friend Bijan Robinson. All right, so now we've gone through. Let's see, seven, eight, nine backs. I didn't have a tenth back that I could really rate. Right, the, uh, I'm gonna go through some names and just quick quickly um, what could or could not happen to get them. To, to a top 24, but it, these are very unlikely situations, right? Definitely below a 50% chance, uh, maybe, maybe 20, 30% for these kind of guys. Uh, number one on the list is Jerome Ford. So he does look like he's going to be the backup to Chubb this year. Chubb's getting a little older. If he misses time, Ford could get a shot, right? If Chubb misses a lot of time, you know, Ford, Ford will have a chance to become this year's uh, Tyler Algiers. So I like Jerome Ford. I can't really rate him, though, because he's a straight backup. And we haven't really seen anything from him in the NFL. Next, Isaiah Spiller. Uh, you know, I think he fell in the draft for a reason. I think the lack of speed is really real. Unless he can find something in the offseason, find a little juice, uh, doesn't look like the, the Chargers are real committed to him. Kyron Williams is another name. I mean, the Rams offensive line doesn't look like it's any better. Uh, Akers has the job. We'll see how, you know, we'll see how he does with it. Kyron Williams could get some run. I was never a huge fan. He's very slow. Uh, crappy offensive line, like I said. Um, yeah, don't love Kyron Williams' chances. Uh, I do like Ty Chandler actually a little better. He's actually got some bursts and some speed, 4 3 eight, 40, uh, if I remember correctly from the combine. He's an injury away from a guy that's, you know, holding down the spot for now, right, in Alexander Madison. So if Madison goes down, you may see Chan- you may see Chandler, you may see Kenny Wangwu, you might see Dwayne McBride, you may see a combination of the three. Chandler's not a bad guy to have around. He's free, or he was at least right after, or right before, uh, right before and after down got released. Just a just a, a name at this point. Um, a couple more names: Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, both both on the Patriots. You know, if something happens with Ramondre Stevenson, um, gets hurt, falls out of favor, these guys start getting some run. Can't really rank them, but just names to keep on your radar. Um, Another one is Demir White. We don't know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs. We assume he's going to play for the Raiders this year, but I don't know. Guys have missed games before on holdouts, um, and he's threatening. So Zamir White may or may not get the run after after Josh Jacobs. He showed absolutely nothing in year one. Uh, 
decent little post hype sleeper uh, in in college. You know, nothing amazing. Just something, I guess, barely rosterable, but um, definitely if you have Jacob, somebody to hold on to. And last on my list is going to be Malik Davis, uh, second-year player in Dallas. We know that Pollard is the lead back, but he's coming off a major leg injury. Malik Davis could could be the second back there. It could be Ronald Jones. It could be Ronald Dwindle, I believe is the name that I read, um, that they have also signed. I they liked Malik Davis. They they thought he had some juice last year. There was a lot of camp hype around him last year. We'll see what he can do this year. It's just a name again, a name to keep on your radar if you have him on your roster. Just hold him and just see what happens in training camp. If he if he emerges as the number two back in Dallas, he's got a lot more value um, than you know other names on this list if they don't emerge as as number two backs. So what we're looking for on the last you know on these last few names are guys that. Could be number two backs. We're, we're, we're looking, we're listening, we're making sure we know um, at least what um, we think the depth charts are, but we're studying the information that's out there um, and trying to get the number two backs uh, behind some of the studs on our rosters. All right, guys, so that's it. These are uh, sophomore running backs, their chances to break out in 2023. Give you a little info on what to think of them in 24 as well. This is all you got from me. I thank you for joining me. Uh, we're going to have, like I said, the three of us are going to be back. I swear. <laughs> I swear you're going to see me, Chad, and Mike Casper all at the same time. I swear it's going to happen. Give us another week. Maybe two, but probably just another week. We'll be right at you having some fun, playing some games, doing what we used to do. Um, determinant player values, all that kind of good stuff. All right. So once again, thank you for joining us. We are Dynasty War Games, part of the Dynasty War Zone Network. Like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and I am out. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak